0: And we're live. Welcome to our eighth free webinar in the 2019 Smart Building Series. And today we are talking about how can the cloud and machine learning improve the effectiveness of security monitoring stations. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Uh, first of all, we are today sponsored by Project Haystack, which is open source project who are standardizing semantic data models for building technology, um, would strongly recommend um, going and checking out their website, project-haystack.org, and you can uh, get involved with what those guys are doing um, and helping to semantically tag data that's being produced by all these different building, uh, building systems. And on to today. Today, I'm joined by Eve Neuhaus, CEO of NextGen. Hi, Eve, how are you doing?
1: Thanks, I'm doing very good. Thanks, James.
0: Excellent.
1: uh, Welcome to this webinar. Um, It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So just before we get started, um, as I said, what we're here to discuss is really about how recent developments in cloud computing, machine learning, and AI hardware is allowing security monitoring uh, stations and control rooms to improve their effectiveness and reduce false alarm rates with video verification. Would be uh, great if you guys uh, wanna subscribe to our content, you can do that. Uh, We have a YouTube channel also um, it's available through iTunes. So go and leave us a rating there as well. All of that really helps us out. Um, And of course, if you do have questions, this is like an interactive session, then uh, please just type them in and I'll get the questions here. And we've left uh, a bunch of time at the end um, to allow You know any questions for Eve or myself? Um, So yeah, please do that. Um, So yeah, Eve, over to you.
1: Okay, thanks. All right. First, before I start, let me let me quickly introduce uh, NextGen Technology. Uh, Most of the people are not really aware of us. We're a Swiss-based startup company, about two years old now. Uh, we're just launching a cloud based alarm and event management platform for monitoring stations. Uh, platform integrates intrusion fire video and IoT system and is actually using deep learning for false alarm reduction. So part of the, the discussion in this uh, presentation comes from the learnings we 've made based in Zurich and focused uh, essentially on the European market. And uh, quickly to myself, um, prior of having founded or co-founded uh, NextGen, I've worked for, uh, for Honeywell uh, on the MaxProCloud uh, uh, security solution and I joined Honeywell through the acquisition of Extralis, which was marketing uh, the Atpro and the Hytel product uh, into the, the central monitoring station market. Okay, let's start and take the scene quickly for uh, the presentation here. Um, When we talk about cloud, there's often quite different meanings. Not everyone means the same. So there is different flavors of clouds. Essentially, there's three of them. So one is actually infrastructure as a service, which is but pay-as-you-go access to to resources, computing resources, network resources. Essentially, it means moving your uh, infrastructure uh, to a managed data center. Um, takes away a bit of uh, of cost, as it, uh, and reduces workload, as you don't have to manage the infrastructure. But quite often, to be honest, it's not very uh, cost-effective and doesn't really provide you much of the benefits of cloud. As we understand it. The second part is platform-as-a-service, which is essentially a cloud-based environment that um, allows you to build and deliver applications. So you get infrastructure, but uh, you also get a lot of tools and pre-built tools and services and applications from the, the cloud provider that allows you to greatly enhance the speed of your application development. Also reduce your cost of development. So this is typically also the services that someone like AWS, Google Cloud or Microsoft Azure would offer. And lastly there is a software as a service which is a service provider delivering an application through the Internet or, um, and, and you as a customer essentially just consume the application. So we are, like NextGen for example we use PaaS to provide the alarm and event monitoring handling as a software, as a service. Now, same thing quickly for AI, and then we go into the subject. Um, There is different parts of it, uh, of AI. What is interesting for us, essentially, is machine learning and deep learning. I think it's important uh, to understand the difference because they're similar, but not the same. So deep learning, essentially, is a subset of uh, machine learning, and if I look at machine learning, pure machine learning is an algorithm that learns by understanding labeled data. So, for example, if I look at video, I look uh, at the scene. I train the algorithm by using uh, for detecting vehicles and persons. Then I give him a, a lot of data uh, from people and vehicles and just tell them this is people in this vehicle and they will start to learn what is a person or, or, pe- or what, is this, uh, what is a vehicle. However, if I want them to use the same algorithm to detect birds um, I have to retrain it. So I have to go back and tell him, uh, give him a lot of birds so that, he learn, that the algorithm learns that this is a bird. On the other hand, uh, deep learning uh is an algorithm that has numerous layers so it's like it provides interpretation or it is used to different interpretation of the different layers of the data that is fed into it. It's also because it's like a neural it's it's a neural network. Um the advantage here is the the algorithm actually, or the network actually learns itself about what uh, these things is using a feedback loop, where we're saying, well, that is right, that is not, it's a bit like a child learning uh, to to understand what the the visual things that it sees are. Um, Machine learning has one advantage, has number of advantages, it uses very little, it needs less data, and it uses less computational power. Disadvantage is you need data that is structured. On the other side, uh, deep learning uh, is much more flexible, um, but needs much more data and a lot of more resources for uh, for training. So, for example, at NextGen, we actually use both approaches depending on the problem. So, we use machine learning mainly for detecting change and tracking in video. Whereas, deep learning we use mainly for classification and interpretation, so to understand what the, what the object is. So, setting the scene, those two quickly definitions for AI and cloud as we see it. Now, going over to the challenges. Uh, so, what are the challenges that we, uh, that we see for service providers in, uh, uh, in the market? One of the things is actually customers are becoming more outcome focused. So we shift customers are shifting away from buying a product towards outcome-based uh, services. So it's the result that counts and less the feature. What that means is uh, monitoring stations need to provide much more integrated solutions. So, for example, on as a residential customer, I'm looking much more for I'm no longer looking for an intrusion service, an intrusion alarm. I'm looking for a provider that uh, can provide me security and comfort. That means when I come home, it should detect that I'm arriving. It should switch off and disarm the alarm system, switch on the lights and give me and set the temperature and so on. So it's it's bringing together, it, it is an outcome, a result that customers are more asking. It started more on the, on the residential side, but it's moving into uh into uh, business customers and uh, we need to pro uh monitoring stations need to be able to generate um, and create those type of services we have a rapid rate of change This very uh, quick technology change it's difficult to keep the knowledge up to date um, there's always people asking for additional new services new new types of um, uh, features in the uh, another area that um, a lot of the service providers actually struggle at the moment is talent. We have a historically low unemployment rate, and finding skilled employees is a challenge. In addition, uh, through all the change, new skill sets are needed in IT, cybersecurity, AI, and even prior privacy expertise. And, the other thing is we actually do compete with other industries that pay uh, insecurity, that pay, pay higher salaries for the same sort of skill sets. That puts pressure on the, the uh, total cost of ownership. On one hand, you have increased HR costs because you need more staff, more specialized staff, it's more difficult to get. Um, and we're staff in the intensive industry, we have to upgrade uh, equipment, get new equipment in for new services, and it gets much more difficult uh, now to improve the operator uh, and site ratio. Another area, coming back a bit of talk on services, is customizations. The customers are asking increasingly to have the services customised. They want to have specific workflows, change schedules, they want to have uh, additional equipment or bring in some new equipment into it and a monitoring station needs to accommodate this more and more. Also, customers are asking more and more to uh, pay for services only than they, when they need it, They'll pay as you go. Uh, regulations. Are more regulations impacting the industry? The, last, the latest example that we had in Europe was GDPR. Because of the growing concern of data privacy and security, these uh, regulations actually uh, increase uh, the, uh, the 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 load in terms of change of the system, and it's very costly and actually very difficult uh, often uh, to implement uh, this. Uh, false alarm rates. False alarm rates still one of the bane of our industry. The, they still have very high rates of 90% and plus. Um, yes, video and audio verification really helped uh, to reduce this. So we can, for example, filter out animals nowadays. But one of the things we have is it still we can't really detect the intent. So. If there is a person, what's the intent of the person uh, there that uh, analytics can't detect? And outdoor video is still battling with things like reflection, insects, and weather uh, better conditions. Um, faster reaction, you have to react faster and faster. Um, the response process often is quite long, often due to incompatible system there's missing information. If you work with cross-border or cross-regions when there are multiple languages, often language issues, uh, this makes the reaction process uh, quite long. Um, multiple information sources, there is a lot of uh, issues when operated have to deal with inf- different information sources because of new devices brought in the new data or other new management system. There is little interoperability. Um, it is really challenging to effectively manage and integrate this information to provide a, a single view uh, on, on an event uh, with the current, uh, current system. and. There's a proliferation of devices, there's new type of technologies uh, coming in, equipment comes in, the new equipment comes in at a very fast rate. So there's increased integration needed to provide services and this requires more and more, more and more knowledge despite the scarcity of talent out in the market. And not to forget is that cybersecurity in this context, which is already quite a difficult uh, issue, is getting more and more difficult. Now, cloud AI might not be able to—it's not able to address all those ch- uh, challenges, but it can address some of the challenges uh, the, um, in there quite effectively and help to increase the effectiveness uh, for the monitoring station to deal with the with these uh, with these challenges. When starting with the cloud, a lot of a lot of people when they think about cloud would expect that addressing total cost of ownership is the, is the biggest thing that you can do with uh, with cloud. Yes, uh, by using cloud, I can reduce uh, my TCR challenges by reducing infrastructure investment because I no longer need need to invest in infrastructure, have uh, less staff costs because that's now being taken care of of the the cloud provider. also, my uh, capex and uh, my cash flow improves quite significantly because I'm moving away from a capex to opex model. So that helps as well and also allows me, for example, to bring in maybe new uh, new services that I wasn't being able to bring in because I didn't have the cash upfront to, to go for it. And by moving to a, a SaaS model, that aligns much better with the monitoring station service model because bars are essentially like a a monthly payment. So you get a monthly service payment that links with the monthly usage-based billing that uh, a cloud-based service provides. However, the biggest advantage that we actually see by using cloud is actually the fast deployment and the ability to bring new revenue streams online. I think the cloud allows us to go very quickly to an outcome-based uh, focus because we can react, also we can react quickly to change and we can implement customization fast and at much lower cost. Essentially, talking about uh, addressing uh, outcomes and the rapid rate of change is the cloud. We have a browser-based and app system and we are in constant contact. To, uh, with the user. So we can do customization and changes actually collaboratively. So instead of developing things off-site and then coming back, we can work with the customer and use variants. So we can, pro- with the cloud based system, you can actually provide different variants of different user groups to understand which one actually suits so uh, the customer better. better. And once you got the final version, you actually can deploy this uh, version immediately, essentially after testing. The advantage is also because the user was involved in, or the customer was involved in, in the development or part of the DML, and he actually knows what he gets and it fits his needs. and we have seen that we can reduce time to deploy, deployment actually two weeks instead of uh, like half year or, or yearly release cycle. One of the things that allows allows it to do this also is is that the cloud services like say, Amazon or Azure actually give you building blocks to speed up development of new features. So for example. Uh, being asked to add augmented reality to to, to, a serv- uh, to to the installation process so that the technician uh, can uh, be supported uh, directly when he installs some of the equipment. Previously, we would have needed to build the whole environment ourselves. Nowadays, uh, you can go to your cloud service provider, for example, ours is AWS, um, and they have a, a, an AR-based ser- service that is there, so we can use that service and just essentially customize that service for the need of our customers and then deploy it rapidly. So, we can address rapid rate of change and we can di- uh, differentiate or customize the services more. and. Uh, We can also provide more result-based services that the customer is looking for. Another area that helps the cloud really can provide advantages is is the scalability. Because it makes infrastructure planning and deployment much easier, as the cloud infrastructure services essentially auto-scale. This actually has allowed Allows actually to provide capacity to, for example, centralize functionality in the cloud that you might have uh, previously out on the edge. For example, the next gen service actually centralizes alarm rules and scheduling for certain devices in the cloud and no longer in the in the device. There are some devices that had local alarm disarm rules, uh, which we have now shifted in into the, into the cloud, so we just to basic configuration out there and have all the rules uh, in the cloud for this, this uh, monitoring station to manage centrally. It improves uh, the consistency uh, and, and quality, so reducing cost, but also allows for automation uh, of, of parts of it because you know, we have much better alarm information, information about the status and rules of the device now because we are managing this centrally. Um, reducing the automation, uh, using the automation that can reduce the, uh, the operator workload and improve the uh, total cost of ownership. And as we have a browser-based system and we have uh, a lot of the rules uh, centralised, we can actually provide very easily a customer self-service application because essentially the user just logs in with different um, Different application profiles, so you can, uh, and uh, I can then activate the activate service and so on. So using the central functionalities of the ability to have the pro the uh, processing power in the cloud that scales automatically um, really helps to reduce operator workload and improve uh, at the end of the day the cost the total cost of ownership. Talking about outcome focus as well, um, using cloud provides the ability to do cloud-to-cloud integration. So essentially what you do is you link two um, cloud applications together. Um, This allows very quickly to integrate new services to address requests by customers um, because there's a lot lot of other cloud applications in the the market that can be used uh, to provide other solutions. So for example, we have a customer that is using uh is providing security for parking spaces and parking management uh, and, and parking lots. The owner of those facilities has asked uh, our customer if they could actually add in uh also parking management. Now we could have gone out and, and tried to find a solution that uh uh in a traditional sense, but what we looked at was what other cloud solutions were around, and we found a video based parking management solution. So we could uh, use the same streams. We linked those two uh, applications through cloud to cloud integration and provided uh, and integrated that into our application framework. Um, so it fully addresses the needs of. Uh, the service providers' customers to have an integrated parking management and security solutions, and for our service provider, it, it basically generates new revenues, and this was uh, is being done within weeks. So it speeds up the provision of new services and the ability to provide new new services with actually very little um, uh, little cost and development involved. Another area where cloud really can help is the regulation changes and the cyber security. Um, cloud providers provide numerous services to address uh, cyber security issues and regulations and more importantly, they actually also provide a lot of the required compliance reporting. And by the way, many of these services are actually based on deep, deep learning, so they're actually also using uh, artificial intelligence, but that means this type of econ- this type of uh, sophisticated capability, can only be really made affordable by the economies of scale provided by the cloud, because the cloud providers also use those uh, those services. So a lot of the issues around cybersecurity, like checking. Uh, uh, vulnerabilities, updating, and so on is really taken care of of the cloud provider, so that relieves uh, the service, the monitoring station from a very, very difficult uh, task uh, and uh, a big cost block. It also addresses the issue of lacking skills and talent in the market because we can tap in into the talent that the cloud providers have. Now. Another reason to go cloud-based is also, we actually believe that without the cloud you cannot use artificial intelligence security effectively. That might not sound a bit provocative, but um, especially with video, uh, arch- to use artificial intelligence with video, a in- distributed architecture really covering cloud, which is really required. Because sending up video constantly into the cloud and having it processed in the cloud uh, is not possible. There's bandwidth bandwidth issues, there's cost issues, and so on. But now uh, using an architecture where the a, a distributed architecture that covers cloud to edge. With the algorithm extending end to end that means from the from the HD device, either camera or NVR going all up to the cloud and have the data and storage processing done where needed that's uh, where um, that's the way to go for artificial intelligence with the video uh, in the future at the moment there's very cost effective GPUs and VPUs now being
0: available that are Algorithms and with actually higher
1: high accuracy uh, out at the edge and detect um uh, and do the first processing and detection in, in the edge. In addition, the edge can then sort of defer back to the cloud of processing with more power where they you can run more powerful deep learning algorithms. And we have to say we with the VPU, the, the new VPU's or GPUs that are out there, this new generation is very powerful. We actually have run 16 streams on an atom process with one minute VPU to allow on persons of vehicle outdoors things that were previously not possible. So I think we will see more and more of those VPU's going into all those devices, and really speeding up and uh, the the processing and bringing also higher accuracy. With this type of architecture, we actually relieve the pressure on bandwidth because we either send only metadata when the local processing uh, is sure that this is just a a person or a number number plate or a face and it only can send the metadata. The metadata means essentially just say, We have seen this number plate, uh, uh, this and this place, this and this uh, time and so on. So, uh, not the video information. Or we can go and just send selected information like extract vehicles or persons instead of the whole video frame up for uh, further processing. Processing locally also addresses latency uh, issues for local applications that need fast reaction. I mean, it doesn't really... you doesn't really need to have the number plate sent to the sender to the cloud to decide to open uh, the guide that can be done locally or um if you have uh, not only would be a waste of bandwidth but it is also it would introduce latency it means customers would work right and you wouldn't have that fast reaction that you want um, by linking back to the cloud. Uh, for additional processing, also improves um, the accuracy and the quality uh, of the neural network and maintains it, because this linking back actually also works as a feedback loop for training, and also for customization of the deployed neural network. So we can actually use this to customize for specific for certain conditions in a specific site. Uh, as well. But all the data goes up and improves the um, the, uh, the neural networks through the train as input into the training for the neural network. And this is not only done, and that's the advantage of cloud here again, for one uh, for one customer, but it's aggregated over all the different sites. So using the aggregation of the data actually. Uh, um, uh, helps to improve accuracy again and is shared between the different customs. Being able to generate metadata in with AI, uh, this allows uh, for forensic review and reporting. So, this brings services in that you can then allow the search of the entire system based on keywords and then retrieve the the alarm information from, from the local site, so you don't need to store everything up there, you just use the metadata to find where the data is. Overall, uh, I think that this type of architecture that we see coming in more and more is, is greatly reducing, I think, false alarm rates with video on quite significantly. Uh, there is other work being done uh, on for other systems like uh, Doing the alarm, on alarm data, for uh, for example, intrusion alarm systems. Uh, Johnson Control for example, has a, a system that goes in there. So I would expect that more and more, this type of architecture, and neural networks, will extend to other type of um, uh, of data uh, and helping then at the end of the day to use. Uh, false alarm rates. It help to to react faster and reduce cost of ownership. Um, by the architecture as such is actually quite flexible that we that we see because you can actually add additional neural networks uh, to it. So if you would add facial recognition to this mix, we could actually address one of the key nuisance alarm uh, issues that we have that we have a person in, in a space that essentially just has forgotten to arm or disarm uh, uh, the system and therefore created an alarm. Now, now uh, this would harm uh, me. This would uh, then allow to build up uh, an automated process for example that the intrusion system detects the person we use facial recognition to understand if this person is allowed in in this area and we can disarm or suppress the alarm we can even go further with automation then adding an automated call uh, to a person's, uh, to this person's mobile phone or a keyholder to confirm that is allowed without having the operator involved at, at all. So that once again reduces the operator allowed uh, and, and and cost that, uh, that we face. So these are some of the examples that I had uh, in terms of how how cloud and uh, artificial intelligence can make um, uh, can, su- can make the monitoring stations um, work better and incru- increase the effectiveness. There's many other developments and many other examples, but um, I think I stop here uh, and uh, hand sort of over for q and I. Great, thank you very
0: much, Eve. That was really interesting and actually I mean there's some pretty technical um subjects we're dealing with here you know cloud and artificial intelligence and all those kind of techniques um but we've got plenty of time to dig into it so if anyone does have any questions for Eve or indeed for myself and the work that we do at Memories then um please ask them now I mean Eve I mean there's obviously like a lot to unpack there and um i mean i 've written down some notes about what sort of things that stood out um, for me um, I mean talking obviously about false alarms, um, I thought that was interesting, um, and clearly that is something that is as you said is sort of like a bane of the <laughs> of, of the physical security industry um, and they 're still quite high and there are things that that are still difficult to to you know infer um from from video feeds how are you seeing um that change um like in the work that you're doing um how is deep learning and neural networks sort of helping helping that process of reducing that have you got any examples you can share with us
1: the yeah I mean. The moment our work is really focused on video because I think the video verification is used uh, quite often for um, Well, for reducing trying to reduce false alarms by filtering uh, to to really verify what uh, What is in the picture or in the in the clip that comes with the alarm Um, one of the one of the issues there, of course, is a um, it takes a fair bit of time because the operator has to look into it and decide this is uh decide first what it is and then decide um uh if this is uh, an a nuisance or, or is this a false alarm for example because it's a large animal or so or if it if it's a person so i think um Machine learning will allow us and the work we're actually doing uh, shows this very clearly is um, we can reduce uh, a fair bit um, a fair bit of this and automate so the operator doesn't even see it um, because with the op, with the classification that we get back as long as it's uh, if it says people or vehicle and depending on what what they're looking for, uh, customers looking for, can be other things as well. I said before, we can retrain it, we can retrain the networks, and then go for whatever uh, the customer is looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that reduces then the because that the, the operator doesn't even uh, doesn't even see that uh, if it's not uh, within. Um, within those the, the required tax um however we're still security so we need to make sure whatever actually is there um and we can't really say for sure what it is um we need to make sure that um that is being uh is still being presented to the uh, to the operator so that's mm-hmm uh that way then the training comes into and this feedback loop i was talking about the better you you use that feedback loop and the better you train, the more you can reduce that and you don't need the second uh let's say you don't need to send it through the deep learning network which can improve the accuracy but there will be always uh things that um thats uh, the deep learning network doesn't doesn't know I mean we actually using two things we have our own deep learning network, but then we also use uh, uh amazon recognition so that's once again why cloud is important because Amazon recognition gives us much
0: more object classes that we
1: can use okay. um,
0: so the, they 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 have yes. their own service their own deep their own deep learning um train network that you can leverage, right? As part of your, uh, for, for your service as well.
1: Correct. Uh, they have much more object classes than we have because we are quite narrow. On the other hand, their accuracy is less. Um, uh, um, in general, these the services have more problems deeper in distance you go, if you go further, like 25, 30 meters on outdoor, it starts to become very, uh, very sketched sometimes. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, we leverage that as well. Um, we will never rely on it, but it helps us actually as training input because we actually present that also for uh, then for the labeling uh, um, what came back from, from Amazon. Um so it, it it's taking different resources together and, and build them into one, one solution to really increase uh increase the accuracy. So that um uh should reduce um the operator workload because he only deals with with, with people. He still needs to decide then well is that person really allowed to be there or not? And that's what I said before. I mean, interesting there. Well, and I think that's where the future goes. Is when you then bring in additional uh, information sources that you run through optimized networks or algorithms that are uh, focused on that data, for example, face rec- facial recognition,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if that's an employee, if that's an employee, uh, he's on premise, okay, then most likely, uh, he just forgot to disarm and uh, you can then, and you can automate that using an autoclave. I mean, you can use Twilio then to send an automated uh, voice call to them and he just confirms mm-hmm. it with the call that it's him and then you automatically disarm uh, the system. So that's where you go into intent. And I think that's where um, a lot of more work should be done to reduce, uh, for, for force arm reduction, because yeah. uh, that's where we still, I think, we still have a lot of it. Plus, then it's the usual that the spiders and so on—they're still, they're still around—and that, once again, with object classification, you can actually filter out quite these quite good.
0: Yeah, and so, and again, I guess bringing those things together will help again reduce um, the decisions. I guess that the operator has to make. Because ultimately if we can reduce those then or automate as much as possible then there's that will improve total cost of, of ownership of, and, or, and reduce the amount of you know operating hours you need in the monitoring center.
1: Yeah plus it is also I mean you can also start or uh, in, in, probably a bit more in the future start to do these services as on demand so because you can actually download these networks if you have them ready you could uh provide um, the customer with the with the option to have this additional um, network focusing on uh, facial facial recognition for access control so for, for access control and, and and that gets then downloaded so you actually start to generate some uh, some new revenue, although mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit in in the in the future mm-hmm. uh, in there i said. I think the cloud to cloud integration um, is the essential part for uh, monitoring stations, if they want to add additional services for their customers, if they require, require it. Because there's a, there's a massive amount of uh, applications out there and if you have the right... In our case, we, we work with our customers and talk and, and then try to find another provider and then we manage the provider and integrate that application into into our application so with the parking management that could also be for example a car management application or you could link up with some facility management I mean possibilities are endless I think that is one of uh, the apart from the microservices that you, the services that you can use from the from the, um, the the cloud service providers, um, I think the cloud-to-cloud integration of application is one
0: of the most interesting aspects of using cloud-based systems or cloud-based mm. services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we use um, AWS ourselves, and it's um, quite impressive the amount of different services they offer um, for different, you know, different types of uh, of cloud processing. A question um, I wanted to ask about—you um, know—you mentioned this feedback loop for training. Do you do you have a neural network for each client? Because then again, you know that what you were talking about customization of clients is is something that they're demanding more and more. Do you have to do you have to create one for each client because their needs are different, or can you have a general model that that applies in all cases?
1: Well, we use a general model that we that we employ. I mean, we we well, first of all we base ourselves on pre-trained networks because um, uh, there's no there's no point in trying to do your own your own stuff and uh, yeah. there is no, there is no fire there. Uh, so we base yeah. ourselves on pre-trained network uh, and um, with the feedback loop, yes, we can then do that not really customer-specific, we could probably go more like uh, site-specific by siding, um, but a site might have some specific uh, challenges, uh, and, and that's where we can adjust um, to the site because we run our, our network on the NVR, we don't run it on the camera, um, so it runs over all the all the cameras that are connected to the NVR. Um, so we can train that to the, or we can um, adapt this to that specific uh, specific site. I mean, one of the things is also we uh, running it means you have on the site means you have to run it on our own hardware, but we can also I mean, we run the exact site also in the cloud. So if a customer has uh, legacy equipment, we actually connect the legacy equipment through the cloud to to our platform, and then we actually run let's say the edge the edge analytics uh in the cloud uh, on the on the video stream that we get uh, on the LR scene that we get from from the uh, from the edge that is something we essentially do for well, like some legacy analytics that might send an event up there then we can verify that event mm-hmm. to make sure it, it's really an alarm or not
0: mm.
1: But yeah so we can we can uh, customize but mo- all the training data we, we used uh, we use uh, overall then to
0: improve the overall network okay yeah understood um uh, you um, mentioned as well using uh, and using ai or using i guess machine learning whatever to create metadata about that data as well i thought that was an interesting concept so you know, maybe we could unpack that a little bit. I mean, essentially, then is that going to make it easier um, to find and sort and uh, and search um, information, sort it for compliance, that kind of thing? Um, how is how are you then? How are you applying applying that? How do, how do you actually insert metadata on into different different bits of video?
1: Yeah, whenever it goes through our our network, it generates, uh, it does generate metadata. And we then take the metadata up into the cloud and it's part of the data lake. So as a customer, you have access to your data and you can then run your own reports. For example, you can under, trying to understand which sites have um, what specific uh, false alarm issues, um, because you can combine uh, you can combine the metadata then also with other data that you have, customer data that you have, the right, the right, the that are in the data like it helps you with your, with your reporting. Um, at the moment, we essentially generate metadata from video and from uh, from the other alarm data that we take in. For example, uh, the intrusion alarms or um, fire alarms that come in, or technical alarms from IoT devices. Okay. So you can then combine that, you can then do some time series, or you can then really run some data analytics on it if you really want to. That's very much at the beginning of the moment, we just put them into the data lake, uh, give you the ability to do reporting, and we provided a video search. So you've got the keywords, um, the extended keywords, uh Not only the and data which we're focusing on at the moment, but also for example colors or other um, uh, data for example, if you get for example from recognition goes in there then you can you, you can search these video video alarm events based on those keywords there's a bit of for example um what Carter uh, Mason presented a while ago on, on cameo. It's a similar concept, it's mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but we, then, we we combine it then with more alarm
0: information as well. So then mm-hmm. you can also okay. search for that, for that alarm information. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, and I guess I'm like, um, useful for compliance issues as well, like if you needed, uh, you know, specific data uh, or, you know, for um, evidence gathering, that kind of thing, I'm sure it's very useful.
1: I think it's most useful. It's for forensic and and reporting and, and uh, because you also have the audit logs. I mean, for uh, for compliance reporting, you need to have audit uh, audit logs that are um, that you can't uh, that you can't change. So uh, because metadata you can essentially manipulate, like, but you can use the audit logs and feed it in, in, into the data, lake and then do some reporting out of it and you can then combine it with the compliance reports we get from Amazon about uh, what is for example personal data and so on. Uh, Okay. um, So there's some that's using cloud really gives you a lot of tools in the in that area that can help you then uh, build very quickly things that if you want to do it yourself, I mean, you just don't have the resources, nor the scale, nor the money for doing it.
0: Right, of course, which is um, the beauty of, uh, of the cloud. Um, I wanted to, I uh, just um, quickly to everyone listening, um, good opportunity now as we're coming towards the end to ask uh, questions, get them in now, if you have any. Um, one, I was sort of, Another thing I wrote down was about um, the distributed architecture and and that being, you know, you, you're seeing obviously a move towards that. And you think, I mean, I think it's fair to assume that bandwidth costs will go down over time. I mean, you think that there will, we're going to move towards just more and more video in the cloud, will it become, you know, cheaper, more cost effective to, to process that there or how, what do you envisage happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say in mean, 5G, we got bandwidth everywhere, but I think, uh, I don't think actually it's too much also an issue of cost. I mean, yeah, cost there is an element of cost, but um, I think the bigger issue in this context is the question is, is the issue of availability. <laughs> because, I mean, we're all living in the cities, we're all used to have fiber at the home and all that nice stuff and mm. megabytes and gigabytes of uh, internet connections. But we shouldn't forget that uh, a lot of times out uh, out in the countryside, what you get is maybe an ADSL connection. Um, And that might be a pretty crappy connection, which means your bandwidth is actually quite limited that uh, that you have you might not even pay too much for it, but you just can't pump, pump enough through to get like 16 or 32 streams up. And especially in remote monitoring, a lot of those sites are actually out there. I mean, think of solar parks, I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere often. And to get the connectivity there is is, is quite, often, quite often a challenge. So I think the question of availability is much more is it's much a bigger issue than cost. I mean, cost is always an issue, but that I think it is a bigger issue. And therefore, I've always said that you will need to have um uh a distributed architecture I and mean, just not a camera and then stream everything up up into the cloud. Also, the other thing is, I mean, frankly hard disk nowadays a two terabyte hard disk nowadays you get it for what 50 50 60 euros uh, don't forget cloud storage you pay you pay as well so there's a cost element uh, um, there's a cost element associated there as well so okay. using using metadata to understand actually where where the data is um I think this uh will we'll not go away. I think we, we will, in the, for the foreseeable future, we will still have lots of data out uh, uh, out in the field. Yeah. Uh, the, there's compliance issue associated with that, of course, because you can only keep uh, um, uh, data for so long, which usually that's something you define in the device out there, which then deletes it. That's good. Um, in, if you store it in the cloud, you need to make sure that every day that the data is so tacked that uh, you can delete it as well. So that's,
0: that's another Yeah, good, good point. I guess that, that could lead to issues, couldn't it, if you're moving uh, yeah. that, that kind of personal data. Yeah. Um, so, Eve, I guess my last question is, you know, if, if people want more information about what you're doing with the company or, um, you know, or sort of general questions about what we've discussed, where can they get hold of you? What's the best? What's the best way to find out more information?
1: Well, best way is either send an email or uh, just call. Um, we're uh, go to the website, which we're actually currently redoing. So, um, as we launch the product the platform now into the market, uh, so that be probably more next month. But yeah, email, uh, phone
0: that's the best thing uh, to send. Or LinkedIn as well. Okay. On LinkedIn. yep, and you um, <clears throat> can see that's up on the screen now, but um, anyone listening yep. in, I'll uh, check out the slides and you'll find uh, the details there. Um, yeah, so it just reminds me to say, thanks very much. I really appreciate your time. And I uh, thought it was a very, very interesting chat about cloud and machine learning and, and, and how that's impacting security uh, monitoring. Just remains me also to say thank you to uh, our sponsor today, Project Haystack. Um, Again, if you want to find out more about um, what they're doing, their open source project, very relevant to today's conversation about how this standardising semantic data models. um, Please go and check out project-haystack.org. And as I said before, we recorded this, so if you want to share um, this, uh, share it with your uh, colleagues or anyone else, then um, it will be up on our website, memory.com, probably later today. Um, So, and as well, please subscribe. Um, You'll find us on iTunes or YouTube. Um, Just search for Memory Research. So yeah, thanks very much, Eve. Really appreciate uh, your time and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you very much for having me. Bye for now.